Hey, pull up a chair. Tax on Tap with David Axelrod and Mike Murphy. Morning, everybody. Good morning. Got to give these back to the Shaw of Iran here. (laughs) Murphy's, he kicked so much ass he had to have a hip replaced, so. So the podcast today is being brought to you by Vicodin. (laughs) Which should make it an interesting show. Uh, We are really pleased to be here, Hacks on Tap on the Road, here at the the Texas Monthly Festival, Texas Tribune Festival. Okay. The big festival in Austin, and it is great to be here. We're here to be, exactly. (laughs) We're we're uh, glad to be here, and um, I guess... There's no way of avoiding it, right? The elephant in the room. Yeah, X yeah. is a cat burglar. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no, there is a big issue in politics yeah, going on. I guess so, we... so let's start with it. The Texas Senate race, what do you think? <laughs> you know, demographically <laughs> things are changing here, but it's still a Republican <laughs> state. But there's another issue that might be on everybody's mind. Oh, that. Mind. So as hacks on tap, we should probably talk about it. I, I hear there's something going on in Washington. You know, we were together on Tuesday morning. That's right. And we were, we were being splashed and, and, and buffeted by the winds of, of a storm. Uh, we didn't realize by the end of the week it would be a Category 5 hurricane. True. And that is um, this, this Ukraine story and impeachment. And now we're, we're well into it. And it feels different than the other uh, the many other controversies involving Trump, even the Mueller uh, report, because you have the president in his own words uh, speaking in ways that uh, create real, real problems for him. Yeah, my view, and you know, we're going to get into the politics of this thing because uh, we could we could do a three-hour one on interpreting all this in terms of who did what that was wrong. But, you know, the pressure meter in the Democratic world is up because there's a presidential primary going on. There's a lot of pent-up frustration on the Democratic side. And in comes a pretty simple narrative starring the president, not the kind of complicated Mueller report with these various henchmen up to who knows what. So the Democrats have the opportunity to move strong, move fast, and they're mad as hornets. And they got, you know, I'm a never-Trump Republican, so I'm finding myself in the in the new world of kind of rooting them on, but uh, I think uh, the, the, this thing, I think the leadership's decided to move fast toward impeachment. Uh, the Republican world, particularly core Trump world, is going to push back like crazy, and now we're going to be into a political fight that's uh, going to take over everything for a while. So we're going to hear from Austin's own Carl Rove shortly, our guest. Give him a hand. Yeah, it's all right. You can... <laughs> over here in the Stetson. And, uh, and, you know, he wrote earlier in the week that he thought that this would, uh, this would splash back in a negative way uh, on Democrats. And I was one who was very, very leery about Democrats, uh, you know, for Democrats about proceeding on impeachment because I, I thought that um, it would be viewed negatively and it would be viewed as a politically motivated thing. Now it seems to me the cynical move would be not to move forward because this was such a blatant affront that you'd have to make a very overtly political decision to say, ah, we're not going to look at this. Yeah, I mean, my instinct, too, was impeachment was, would have been a mistake, but now when the facts change, so may the strategy. I do think, 
if the leadership had decided, well, we got the, the old argument. We have an election coming up. If voters can impeach him then. This thing will get in the way. There's risk that, you know, the theory that it could backfire, which I don't think I subscribe to. But for all those reasons, the problem is that they tried to bottle up the thing now with the power of the Ukraine argument, there'd be a revolution inside the Democratic Party because the grassroots would eat their leadership. So I think they've decided to uh, harness that power and go for it. And look, we don't know. One, this, this thing is going to move fast. We're going to learn more. But the questions I've got that I think, I'll start with one, one for you, is how does this change the laws of gravity and the lens through which the Democratic presidential primary is operating? You can argue that now the general election, Biden v. Trump, the main event has begun. You can also argue that we're learning a lot about Hunter Biden and a lot of guys whose names we can't pronounce and money. Um, you know, that could be a subtext negative for Biden. So what yeah. do you think? Well, <clears throat> I, I think it's unknown. I think that in the short run, Biden may actually benefit from this because Trump is identifying him as his uh, principal opponent. I mean, look, Watergate began because Richard Nixon was worried about Ed Muskie for, you know... Right, to, right. The unstoppable frontrunner at the I time. Mean, to, this is obscure American history, yeah. so yeah. bear with us for a second. Yeah. He was worried about Ed Muskie, and he wanted to influence the Democratic primary process. And so, he, right. you know, he, his campaign... Uh, put together subversive activities to undermine uh, Muskie. They wanted George McGovern, right. who uh, wound up losing 49, Worked out. 49 states. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Trump and his faithful henchman, Rudy Giuliani, uh, plainly believe that, uh, or that uh, Biden is the most threatening candidate. Right or wrong, that's what they believe. And the yeah. polling at this moment would suggest that he is doing the best uh, against Trump. He is reaching into those uh, non-college, uh, older, working-class white voters who are the core. I was struck by the, uh, the uh, Fox News poll, the last Fox News poll, which was in the last 10 days. Uh, non-college, educated white women, he's underwater with them, and Biden was winning by a point. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are things he's looking at. He's being told, this guy could beat you. He's freaking out. Uh, and that's uh, what led to this. That doesn't mean that he's right that, you know, because Biden has to go the distance. Right. I have real some... doubts about whether or not he can In fact, do in, the, it. In, the, in the week before, uh, you know, in the days before this story broke, there were two polls that surfaced that showed Elizabeth Warren marginally edging ahead of Biden nationally. She, we, we talked about last, uh, uh, last week that she uh, has, uh, you know, in the Iowa poll, mm -hmm. she has taken a marginal lead there, and I think mm -hmm. she's in a very strong position there. The, the, it is very clear that the, um, that the uh, Trump people think that she would be a, uh, an easier opponent to beat. I, I'm not at all sure that that's true. Yeah. This is always a great case study. Everybody assumes stuff a year out, and then more than often it's not, and then the thing gets turned over, the unstoppable musky. Uh, with, with, with this... And, you know, you, you could have won big bets saying it was unstoppable. And then the little thing called the union leader that Carl will remember worked it in. Does, it sounds like it an is, oxymoron, the unstoppable muskie. Right, right. No, no. <laughs> uh, so in this one, the stuff we don't know is will, will the Biden folks decide to really engage and take this moment to say it's me and Trump, deathmatch, let's go, 
and try to tribally line up all his troops. Right now, he's kind of half engaging. I think that's a mistake because this is the best thing he's got going. It's risky, it's dangerous, but it's what he's got going. So declared state of war emergency in the Democratic Party, hand everybody a sharp stick and go and see if, see if you can unify the thing. If not, if that doesn't happen, and the subtext in people's minds as they watch this in the Democratic primary world, thinking, that damn Trump, but this Biden, we're going to get Hillary again, that Hunter, whatever the hell, 50000 a month. I don't like it. Change the channel. And, and in the base, you got Elizabeth Warren. And no doubt, this race right now is Elizabeth Warren versus the field. And Biden's atop the field. But there are a lot of these understudies hanging around who are more than happy to slide up there and say, how would you like to run against Trump during impeachment, when the Republican Senate, those bad puppets, clear him, Merrick Garland style, you know, wave the battle flag with somebody who doesn't have to explain Hunter Biden. So wait a second. So, before I, you I think don't Biden get could be hurt. There's nothing. Uh, well, I, I, I agree with you, and I, and I think that he should seize this. His best moment in this whole campaign was, I think, the speech after the, um, uh, after the terrible massacre in El Paso. Uh, and uh, but you know there there are moments and you have to seize them. I'm not I'm not sure he has. I don't know whether that's because he feels he doesn't want to engage on the hunter mm-hmm. issue. Uh, but he he needs to maintain that sense that this is the main event. Yeah. Uh, the two of them. But you mentioned the uh, the uh, the gutless Republicans in in Garland mode. If I can paraphrase rather cruelly, yes. But uh, just for uh, just for time's sake, I would say thoughtful senators examining all the facts and the fullness. See how long that takes to say. See how long that takes to say. No, no. I'm the guy who said, uh, quoting one of them, that that thirty. That's what I want to ask you about. You're like a big newsmaker. Yeah, hardly. Because then Uh, Jeff Flake picked. uh, It's like an it's like an auction here. Jeff Flake picked up and said, "No, thirty-five would vote." He's all wrong. It's thirty-five. So I'll say, Flake, you're smoking something. Thirty-eight. But it doesn't matter. There, you know, look. Yeah, it doesn't you, matter in part because it's not a secret ballot. You, you ask right now the average Republican senator, and I would even say the average politician if it were a different issue, so I can include the Democratic senators, to choose between something like this and losing admittance to the Senate barbershop and the $2 haircuts, that's where they're lined up. They're afraid of their primary voters. And their primary voters, most of them, are going to be with the, the tribe, with the president. Mm-hmm. So Well, you, nobody, you, nobody could appreciate the desire to get a good haircut more than you and me. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> and if I were a senator, I'd be waiting in the fullness of time to make sure the, uh, all the facts come in. Mr. Hannity is doing an investigation. I'd want to wait for that. Um, so, yeah, look, the, the, the Biden thing is... For, let me just get back to that because I'm kind of obsessed with it. This is Biden's moment. And there's something about the Biden campaign where they say, look, internally, at least I, and I, I know some people there and I like them, I think they're smart, but the way they're operating is, look, we got a danger-prone gaffe machine here, so we got to put a big iron belt around and not let them get near anybody who's going to say something. Well, guess what? Newsflash. Everybody knows he's that. It's built in, and they kind of like him. I'd bottle it and say, he's so much heart. Another great gaffe from the you know, fighting Democrat is going to save us from Trump. Now they're afraid to talk about Hunter Biden. Well, they better get ready to talk about Hunter Biden because yeah. I can tell you now, this Hunter Biden's going to have a, a show. This, it, it's going to be huge. This has been a problem from the beginning. They've kind of—he's in like a candidate protection program. Exactly. Uh, he's, he's in a—he's yeah. in a bubble, and you cannot yeah. hide in a presidential race. You cannot hide. I said years yeah. ago. I said they're like MRIs for the soul. Whoever you are. Yep. 
it gets exposed over time because the coverage is so intense. And if you duck and if you hide, it is noticeable. And that is the concern. I like Joe Biden. I worked with Joe Biden. He was, in my view, one of the great vice presidents in the history of this country. He was a loyal, uh, he was loyal to the president in public. He was honest with the president in private. Carl knows, uh, you know, he's a student of history. That's a valuable thing. Uh, and um, uh, I'm not trying to join, uh, draw any invidious comparisons to your vice president, by the way. I just I, I want to. <laughs> if so, it was subconsciously. Um, For our but, listeners, Carl was off mic and said, yes, you were. And we're going to have him up in a minute. But to your um, point. But, um, uh, but you have to run the race. You have to run yeah. the gauntlet. You can't. You have to go and you have to grab it. And um, he either will or he won't. Uh, but this is, these are tests, and people are watching. And yep. uh, so I, I don't think you can fade into the background and uh, episodically yep. uh, show up. So I agree with you. I mean, the gaffe thing is built into uh, who Biden is. He was committing gaffes when he was in his 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. Right. So uh, people but, know it's all right. They knew Dean Martin liked to drink. Except still loved that, except in yeah. so far as they, they then if the gaffes be, start becoming evidence of yeah. slippage, right? No fastball. That yeah. is that is a danger. So he has to go out and pr- uh, prove that he still has a fastball. I think the other big issue is this thing goes forward, and again the pubs or most of them dig in. And Biden either either galvanizes or he fails. Then a lot of the outcome here, I think, comes down to Elizabeth Warren. Should her trajectory, and she's the only real candidate in their primary who's gone from small to growing every week in the data, both in the early states and nationally. Can she pivot from the Warren that the Republican Party is delighted to run against, which is the terror of the Harvard faculty lounge who's going to take your blue cross card and confiscate it. Or, because she, like anybody in national politics, knows about pivoting, can she turn herself into the fighting grandma from Oklahoma for the middle class? Um, Because the best strategy for the president's campaign is to change subject election from fire him which the country has been trying to do at almost every election day since he was sworn in by punishing Republicans, to, you think I'm bad? Take a look at Trotsky over here. So the question is, can well, she no do question. that? Will she do that? Yeah, there's, there's, there's no question of that. Listen, you've got a president who has never broken 50% in approval. Never happened in American, in the history of polling uh, before. He, he can't win a referendum on himself. Most presidents can't. Yeah. Most, I mean, look, in our race in 2012 was much different than our race in 2008. It's very hard to win a referendum, but he certainly can. Yeah. And uh, and he, you know, so yes, it, it you know, this yeah. is as I said, what the what this whole Ukraine caper is all about. Eviscerating the opponent is absolutely essential to his strategy. They hope to do it, um, you know, through the through ideology and. Um, my view, though, is that just watching her, um, she's more pragmatic than people think. I mean, I worked with her in the administration, uh, and I saw her as she started this uh, 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 financial protection bureau, consumer financial protection bureau, uh, and she worked much more pragmatically than I uh, than I anticipated. The campaign itself—you learn a lot about people from campaigns. She's running the smartest campaign. It's the best organized. It's the best conceived. 
that tells you something. Th there may be a point beyond which she can't go, and I agree with you. It's better to be Betsy from Norman, Oklahoma, than Professor Warren from Cambridge. Uh, and uh, I thought in the last debate we talked about this. It was really interesting to watch her. It was here in Texas, in Houston. Uh, every chance she got incorporating biography about her struggles here in Texas to get a college education while she was raising her kids, about her three brothers who were in the military who all trained here mm -hmm. uh, in Texas. So she gets that. Uh, th there are limits. And, of course, one of the big issues is this Medicare for All yeah. And you mentioned them confiscating the Blue Cross cards. People don't like having their Blue, cards, uh, Blue Cross cards Not even in the Iowa caucus, yeah. you know, which is not exactly the Goldwater Society, but in the new polling, it's yeah. pretty obvious. That is a good primary issue for somebody to really hit around, and they haven't quite done it. But yet. she, it is telling to me that a woman who has a plan on everything, Elizabeth Warren has a plan for, is sort of the yeah. key to her campaign. She does not yet have her own plan on health care. Yeah. She has said, yeah, I'm with Bernie. And I think she's with Bernie until she can jettison Bernie. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and she can uh, now, you know, the unfortunate thing is that we live in an age where people apparently videotape things. Uh, and so the and they tape, put them the on the interweb. Was, the kids are crazy about I hear, too. Yeah. 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 Or the and listen to them on their record players. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so, you know, she's going to I don't really know, but um, well, she's going to try. I think it's safe to assume that the question is, if you're dying Bernie and you're, you're watching her steal your act and not really believe it in your mind, do you hit her and try to corner her to get her to bolt down? On, on well, the, you saw on he came out Bernie. with a wealth tax that was bigger than her. Yeah. Well, bigger. It's bigger than hers. <laughs> Uh, that, that's a real reassuring auction for conservatives <laughs> like me. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I mean, you know, your, your problem is, you see, I hear from people like you all the time, all those, uh, all you apostates. Right. And it's like, you all know, send us, us a candidate. Yeah. They're the folks who are most concerned about whether Biden survives because they figure he's a guy they can, uh, that, that they can live with. Uh, but you may, you know, you may be faced with. Uh... Oh, look I, I, look, I think she is a risky choice. And if I were Democrats, I wouldn't be in the risk business. But hearts and minds, uh, and, and she's technically doing a good job uh, as a, in, in a campaign machine in a Democratic primary, which is not a general election. I, I, I've been a lot of statewide zone this situation where the incumbent's in trouble. And so you decide, all right, we got to go murder the challenger, worst of two evils. So we go pound the head. It was just like you guys from Hope and Change to Choke and Maim with Mitt Romney. You, you guys define Romney better than my friend Romney defined himself. It works. But what we I, I ask for no rebuttal time. <laughs> so the, the issue, though, is it rem always would remind me in those races of the old horror movie because we'd go murder the, the challenger and they'd be way underwater. But people fundamentally didn't like the incumbent that we're trying to reelect. And two weeks out, all of a sudden, a hand would come through the grave and the challenger would come back to life because fundamentally, people want to get back to making an up-down decision on the incumbent. So while I think Elizabeth Warren is vulnerable, I think President Trump is so vulnerable with the tailwind the Democrats have of, uh, Democrats have of, of a demographic change. Electorate's different. I got a friend who's an insurance company actuality, and if you sneak in at midnight and spin the computer dials just for who's dead since the election and project younger voters who are more democratic, Trump loses Michigan. 
Trump loses uh, Wisconsin and is dead even in Pennsylvania. So see, that's you know, dangerous. That, see. I think for Democrats, I agree. But you know, this is exactly the siren song that that led Democrats to lose the 2016 election. This notion that the country's changing demographically, and we're going to win with younger voters and uh, and with minority voters, and um, and the fact is, yes, the country is changing. There are uh, you know, we're becoming a much more diverse country. And, uh, you know, the we, we uh, Democrats win California by uh, increasing margins well, yeah, and New York. Problem, and I mean, the distribution of people. Yeah. So to, but because of the electoral college system, you have to win these other states. Right. I think it's a terrible mistake to write to well, write no, off the possibility that... Let me, let me, let me no, but I'm repurposing your question for my uh, own point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Back to choke and maim again. He can't get it out of his no, system. No, 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 but, but, yeah. but my point is this. You know, I wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago about this. I think the, most, the, the person who is most capable of defeating Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Of course. And if Democrats were smart, they'd let him do it. Yeah. And, well, I and, 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 and I think the Nominate fundamental bullet. argument for Trump's removal um, is exhaustion is we can't wake up every single day with a president who divides the country for fun and profit, who sends out these crazy-ass tweets and, get, and, and throws tantrums and creates chaos around him uh, that makes it impossible to get anything done. And I think there, there are people who voted for Donald Trump who wanted disruption, and now they've gotten chaos, and they're not happy about it. It's not a lot. It's probably, you know, 5% five, five of his, his vote, but 5% right. of his vote walking across the bridge and it's game over. Yeah. So, but, don't make, so to me, you want to make... Okay, go ahead, Murphy. No, no. The I, I was trying. Facts, I was watching this clock and seeing how yeah, long yeah, I can hold the we're, floor. We're, 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 yeah, 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 motion for cloture. Uh, so I agree with you. The fact is the Democrats can be misled by thinking they can win for free based on demography. But the Republicans should worry about demography because it's free votes for the Democrat. The big question, this is where I really agree with you, is right now the Democratic... That, uh, finally. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats are arguing like the biggest problem they've got is to find a candidate who can take Alameda County and San Francisco up to 89% from 87. <laughs> if they don't start cracking the kind of voters that they send the message to that we hate you, which is non-college educated white men and women who are swinging hammers in places like Detroit, Michigan, where I came from, the distribution of it, they can run it up, they can win by 3.3 million. They can add 400,000 to Hillary's number and still lose. So the question is, will they understand that what makes them feel good about them, primary voter narcissism, and hoping, well, we, we got a new song here, we got Will I Am is back. Uh, <laughs> that's not enough. They got to get into Trump land and trim them, and I think it is possible. Yeah. But that's it. But anyway, speaking well, here's of, a guy of who knows Democrats, everything. Yeah, let's bring him up. Here's our buddy, Carl Rove. Carl Rove, our special guest back. Look, look, if I knew to you two guys were this goddamn funny, I wouldn't have agreed to come up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're funny. Just look at your hat. Leave it all defended my that one. He's wearing the incredible open road, a great Texas hat, Texas exactly, politician. Exactly, exactly. 
<laughs> this is my landlord and my office mate over here, Kerry right. Kamek, and he wore his open yeah, road as well. Yeah, that's good. I like just it, man. You guys I like it. Yeah, yeah, good. Just because you aren't cool enough to have one, man. I would have worn mine. I got a Nothing big, says crazy cool one, more than us. We could use them. Both our dermatologists say no more jokes. <laughs> exactly, than have. exactly. So, Carl, yeah. uh, talk a little bit about your 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 column because you, what you basically you wrote was, it was that Nancy Pelosi had made a disastrous mistake and that it was going to essentially doom her yeah. her party. Well, so. once again, you've exaggerated, as is your normal routine. <laughs> uh, let, let, first of all, let's, again, put, summarizing this, let's, for let's put this in context. I get 750 words every Thursday. So I have to be sort of economical. And everybody is out there last week making the argument, oh, Trump is doomed. The, the pundocracy, you know, impeachment, removal from office, it's over. And... I just wanted to put a note in there that everybody's going to come out with stink on them. And I said three things about the Democrats. I said, one, uh, it's going to hurt Democrats in red districts. They took the House with by flipping 43 Republican seats. 31 of them were in districts that Trump won. 19 of them are in districts that Trump won by five or more points. Um, facts I couldn't put in there because uh, of space. But it's going to hurt if Democrats. If the Wall Street Journal is listening... Can we get Rove some more space? Yeah, what? Come on. <laughs> Write a letter to the editor saying the columns are so brilliant, but could we have 250 more words? The miracle is they only feel like a thousand words. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe to you when you bother ever reading them, but I know most of the time, most of the time you have material read to you. Yeah, that's true. Because With you're pictures. just sort of you're sort of sitting there. Here, let me have your cane. You're uh, sitting there right. in the chair. It'll take me five sort of, minutes to get yeah, down to exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You're sort of sitting in the chair. What's in the news today? <laughs> I've well, got a comment on it. Will somebody read to me? I'm like the Republican voter base. I'm so old that when you see our army coming, yeah. slow but steady. If the Democrats ever get rid of old tennis balls, the whole Republican Party's going to grind it all. But anyway, back to you. All right, so, so, so my one point was that gonna, there's going to be a problem there. There's going to be a problem for the Democrats on message. We've already had, I mean, what have they done? They've actually passed a bunch of bills out of the House. But, but it has been drowned out for the last two and a half years by impeachment, collusion, impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. And it's going to be problematic for them, particularly since they're going to try and get this done quickly. You know, you don't want to do this thing quickly. You want to do it patiently so that people can hear on the other side. It took a considerable amount of time to impeach Richard, to get to the point of impeaching Richard Nixon. And it was because you had a patient, crusty Democrat from... North Carolina, assisted by a Republican senator from Tennessee who kept saying, what did the president know and when did he know it? The third thing is, is that, look, Nancy Pelosi is going to lose at the end of this thing one way or the other. She didn't want to do this. She's a practical person. She's strong. All three of us know her. I worked with her for seven years. She's practical. And she's sitting there saying, I got here because a part of Red America cast a protest vote against Donald Trump, and those people don't necessarily want impeachment. And so win or lose, whether, the, and I think the Democrats are likely to keep the House, but they're going to lose some seats. And those seats are not going to be the squad, which is giving her a headache. It's going to be moderates and centrists that are more willing to work with her. Now, there is an alternative. I mean, we're, we're in, we're, this is bad for the country. And there was an alternative to this. And we've seen the alternative used before. What's going to happen in this? As I said in my column, the House is going to vote for impeachment. No ifs, ands, or buts. Anybody think that two-thirds of the Senate, knowing what we know today, and we may know something different in the months ahead, but anybody think two-thirds of the Senate is going to vote to remove him from office? 
No. So we will have wasted more time. Why doesn't the House simply do a series of investigations, lay it out in the form of a censure resolution, as was done in 1834 with our man Andrew Jackson? The Whigs in the Senate, led by Henry Clay, said, you have abolished the Second Bank of the United States. You have refused to turn over to us documents. You have, we have asked for the documents about your consideration and what you did, and you refused to turn them over to us. So rather than impeach you for obstructing us, we're going to pass a resolution censoring you. Yeah, remember that? Uh, <laughs> that was great. I, uh, it's a hell of a... I'm waiting for the ice show. Uh, no, listen, but, but here's the problem. The, the, the R's didn't say, ha, ah, they couldn't even impeach him. He just got a censor, uh, a speeding ticket. You know He's what? not guilty. He's that's off. fine. That's fine. That's, that's better for the country than going through this drama of... We're, we're adding to the moment of tribalism. Anybody think well, this I, moment of tribalism is good for the country? If you're a Democrat and I attack you, you're going to rally to that Democrat no matter how bad they are. If, you're, if you attack a Republican and you're a Republican, you're going to rally to them no matter how bad they are. We're in a tribal moment, and this is going to do nothing but add to it. You know, it was interesting to me. I, I, I understand. Look, I, I, again, you were sitting there. I was, a, for the, all the reasons you said, I was against impeachment. Uh, just as a strategic matter, I thought, and, and strategy is not just about your party, it's also about the country. Mm -hmm. So uh, I felt that way. These are a, a new uh, set, set of facts. This isn't about uh, what did the president know and when did he know it. We know what the president knew because he said it. <laughs> well, 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 wait, uh, wait, let, let's be careful, please, please. Uh, Dimitri. Tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. <laughs> really? Okay. Are we going to make a big scene about that and say, by God, the president of the United States was asking Vladimir to do him a favor in the election yeah, but so he know, could be more, quote, flexible after the yeah, election? he wasn't. This, well, you know what he wasn't asking him? He wasn't asking him to, to, to dig up dirt on Mitt Romney and help him in the election. No, but Hillary Clinton was. What should we do about that? She takes money, millions, and gives it to a law firm to hire Fusion GPS, to hire Christopher Steele, a British Secret right, Service agent. Into, and no, you brought it up, I don't buddy. Want to don't go down don't to, shut I don't it down, down just because you brought it up. I don't want to what go are we down, supposed to do about I, that? I don't want to go down. Can we please, I'm as gonna, a country, stop? But here's right, mom, dad, wait, dad. Hang on one sec. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. Your grandpa. My point is. My point is. You're right about these districts, and, and the people who were most reluctant to, to uh, go along on impeachment were these reps from these districts. And they're still and, awesome. then, and the thing that opened the floodgates here was that seven very thoughtful members of the House who came from these districts, who may, if in your, in, under your analysis, and you may be right, may be imperiling themselves, people who serve the country in the military, people who serve the country in the intelligence services, yeah. have, uh, came forward and said... Uh, if these facts are, are true, then uh, this is an impeachable offense. No, and we, we they didn't say impeachable forward. offense. They said we, we should investigate. They didn't no, say they, impeachable well, offense. Well, I think it's implicit. I think it's implicit. In, no, 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 if, no. If no. Several, of them were ask, several of them were asked after. No, they voted for an impeachment inquiry. Okay, right, right. So, so, but, 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 okay, got, I got that. But let's also not kid ourselves. It has become a, a, a matter of faith inside the Democratic Party. Jerry Nadler is one of the most liberal members of the U.S. House, and yet he is imperiled because he's being attacked from the left because he's not moving fast enough. So we, we, let's not kid ourselves. Every Democrat is not operating simply by saying, well, I'm just looking at this apolitically and without consideration of my own future. Once again, the problem well, of both parties... They should, they, they can I finish? Be. Can I finish? But once again, I don't know. Can you? I can. <laughs> I can. Uh, once again, the, the, the fringes of both parties are keeping people 
hammered into positions. They're, as you said earlier, they're afraid of where they're going to get charged in the primary. Here's, you know, I don't think I'm kidding myself. 30 years in practical politics. I agree impeachment's bad for the country. And I agree the Democrats have a political agenda. I've been in a lot of Republican meetings. We have one, too. But... <laughs> If you don't want something bad for the country, don't do what else is bad for the country, which is tell two of Putin's thugs in the Oval Office that it's okay to interfere with our elections, and then call up a Ukrainian politician whose entire lifeline with Russian proxy troops on their soil is their relationship with us, and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but let me ask you about a favor. I hear that Biden guy's corrupt as hell. I'll send my lawyer, not even in the State Department, over there to dig up dirt on him. Got it? Yeah, I, 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 well, the, look, the I'm, word I'm, quid pro quo was not in the transcript. But yeah. you, you, you've been around politics enough to decode that because it's not too no. complicated. Yeah, what look, he was look, saying. I, I, and I'm not going to defend the conversation. He shouldn't have had it, and he shouldn't be having Rudy Giuliani wandering around. And we got two, we got two, we got two people in in in, in government trying to keep trying to clean up after his mess. But the question is, is does it rise to the level of, of overturning the results of the 2016 election and removing yes. him from office? Yes. Now, you're, everybody's entitled to the opinion, but let's just be let's just be clear about it. We have an election that is going to take place less than one year from when the House makes its action, and do we really want to go through that? And and again, particularly, okay, fine, fine. We're going to the House is going to do it. You think the Senate's going to go along? No. So we're going to end up in a situation where the country is going to be inflamed even more. And look, guess what? It's not. It's going to happen because it, we, we've now taken the step. And, and so I, I, the train wreck is coming. We're all, we're all going to be watching it because, by God, it's going to be blood and gore everywhere. And we're going to watch it. And, and But everybody's going to suffer. Republicans are going to suffer in the Senate because we've got people in states that are narrowly, right. you, know, you know, Arizona. Colorado. We've got states, Colorado. Maine is going to be a problem for one of the most... You know, one of, the, one of the most reasonable people in the United States Senate is going to be damaged by this because what, whatever happens, she's going to try and do what she thinks is the right thing on a reasonable basis. So, and then Democrats, we're going to have some quality Democrats who are in a district where they say, my God, uh, Nebraska, uh, excuse me, uh, Oklahoma 5, bam, back in the Republican column. Why? Because of one thing, because she's going to have to vote for impeachment. One quick point and then Axel, yeah. go to you. I will say, if this happens, and I believe your scenario is right, the Republicans, most of them, will shut it down. And I think the easiest job in the world will be a Democratic turnout consultant at that point. But X, do your thing, and then we're all going to agree on free enterprise you know, by going to a commercial. You, one, 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 quick, one quick thing. I heard those same arguments about the treatment of Brett Kavanaugh. This is going to help Democrats. They're, going to, you know, they're making a case against him. The country is going to rise up in opposition to the Republicans over the Kavanaugh nomination, and the exact opposite happened, proving that we can't well, re- predict with great certainty how the ordinary Americans are going to react, and both but, but, sides but, are going to react to this. When's the last time we won a close one? Two points in North Carolina, uh, nine, admittedly, with a conservative Democratic candidate, no Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, who, who had, but but who we've had, been getting beat all over the place yeah. running run under our numbers under this yeah. guy. Anyway, X, I know you want to get in. Well, and then just, we I just want to say, soap. I mean, I guess the answer to your question, and I've wrestled with this, okay? The answer to your question is, is there nothing that a president can do that would warrant impeachment? At some point, do you have to, like, you know, and I've said this every time we've been together, I disagree with many things that George W. Bush did. I never felt like he, I, I never believed that he did anything that he didn't think was in the best interest of the country, that he didn't think. He treated us incredibly well in the transition after we hammered his policies for two years. Uh, in, and he did it because he thought he was the trustee of the democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And uh, I admired him for that. I can't think of another president, save potentially Nixon in my lifetime, and very few in American history who would uh, behave like this. And at some point, uh, do you have to say, we need to draw a line here? Look, look. And we could we could talk history all day long on this, but 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 if we knew things about presidents, would we have kept him in office? If we knew that JFK and Lyndon Johnson routinely made took advantage of the willingness of the FBI director to wiretap ordinary Americans and share the intimate details of their lives, would would, would we be would, in today's environment if we found out that that our current president Lyndon Baines Johnson was reading the transcripts of the wiretaps of Martin Luther King, would we, would we say, yeah, he, okay, we're okay with that. Th- things change. Times change. The, the, the difficulty with impeachment is that it really is undefined, high crimes and misdemeanors. And it's sort of like good art. You know it when you see it. And the problem is some people like really bad art. And I get it. But I, I can't be happy about the moment we found ourselves in. There's plenty of blame to go around. And, but do I think today, knowing what we know about a, a phone call in which he says, I want to get the server that 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 the that was used by the Russians to add, to steal Hillary Clinton's email. I frankly want Bill Barr to have that. I want us to understand more fully how they went about doing this because this was an indirect intrusion in our election. On the other hand, I'm not worried about him saying, "Well, you know, a prosecutor looking to Biden." Guess what would happen if they actually looked into Biden? Biden Biden goes first of all. Biden made a mistake by by having a son on that board. Well, actually, not Biden. The Obama administration made a mistake by letting Biden be their lead guy in Ukraine, knowing full well that not only was the son of the vice president on the board of Burisma, but the political buddy and close family friend of the secretary of state was put on the board. I did some work in the former Soviet Union for about five years in the 90s. That's what you did if you were coming out of the Soviet domination. You hired Americans in order to have them, you know, we got stroke in Washington. Nobody should have let Biden go over there and be the lead guy on, on Ukrainian corruption. But guess what? He was doing the right thing. Shokin comes into office after the color revolution and says, by God, I'm going after Zolshevsky and Burisma. And 10 months later, washes his hands of the whole affair. And not only that, but is not doing the, the rest of the work to, to route out corruption. So Biden was over there doing the right thing. Biden was working against his son's interest right. because what he was saying right. was, get a prosecutor right. in there who's going to go after these bad right. actors. And guess who the bad actors included? Burisma and Zolshevsky. Right, right. right. So, you know, at the end of the day... He was, he was doing the right thing, but in the absolute wrong environment, leaving the impression. You, yeah, I, but, I had a but, Ukrainian. But I had a Ukrainian. Well, but guess what? Impressions matter. I was at a conference last weekend. We got into a discussion about this. Afterwards, this guy comes up to me. He says, I'm a Ukrainian. He said, I run an investment fund out of London investing in Central Europe. And he said, it stunk. We couldn't understand why the vice president of the United States was lecturing about corruption, which we need to do something about when his son is participating in that corruption. $50,000 a month, $3.1 million for a four-and-a-half-year period, and he goes to two board meetings a year. I want that deal. I want that deal. Yeah, no, listen, uh, I mean, it, it is, the, the question is not that, though. You, it's fine. You, you, you can talk about that. I, I, agree. It, it, I, don't think, I don't think Hunter Biden should have been over there. But he, we're talking about the president of the United I, States. I, I and, understand. And, but, and you, you but, know, but, if, you're, if you can't defend Mike, him, my, then you move no, your no, argument no, no, over no, no, here. No, no, look, what he did was I'm indefensible. I'm not defending him one way or the other. I'm, we're prognosticating here. And Mike made a good point, which is 
like it or not, the discussion about Biden is going to be carried forward by the Republicans. Yeah. So we're going to have yeah. we're going to have two dialogues. We're going to have the Democratic dialogue, which is you were pretty quid pro quo, the parody uh, speech of Schiff. And then the Republicans are going to say, my God, Biden, and he was covering up and he was against Shokin because Shokin was going to investigate him, which is just, yeah, both of them I don't think have the amount of accuracy and truth in them that we so need. So what's going to happen is voters are going to have to pick which one is a higher caliber thing. With that, we got an electric bill to pay. We're going away for a commercial, and we will be right back. <laughs> there we go. Okay, let's talk about our sponsor, Quartz. Now, I know most of you think Quartz is a mineral composed of silicon and oxygen atoms in a silicon oxygen tetrahedra, but guess what? It's also a website full of really good business journalism, founded back in 2012 for a new kind of business leader. as a broad worldview, and it takes you outside the daily trivia of the breaking news cycle to help you better understand how the world, your work, and your place in it are both changing. Now, if you become a Quartz member, you join a community of experts, challengers, and thinkers. You get access to all their award-winning journalism, including exclusive guides and video series, as well as an expert community that you can participate in. They also have cool tools like editable presentations that you can download, edit, and include in your own pitches and presentations to make those clients think you're even smarter than you really are. So it's just an absolute treasure trove of great content about business. Topics like how visionaries like Bill Gates think future leadership prep for success, why the tech industry's heavy hand in Washington means things could change for the future of innovation, and how batteries are expected to disrupt big oil. Now, your membership unlocks all of this and more, so how do you do it? Well, Quartz is offering our listeners 50% off your first year of membership. They clearly understand that Hacks on Tap is where the podcasting elite come to meet. So all you have to do is go to QZ.com. That's Quebec Zulu for you aviators. Click become a member and enter the code that unlocks the future, Hacks, at checkout. All right, let me run through that again. Go to QZ.com, click become a member, use the promo code Hacks for 50% off your first year membership to Quartz. QZ.com, magic word Hacks, check it out. Okay, X, that does it for me. I paid my half of the bills. Now, tag your it. Halloween's on the way, which means it's time to break out the rubber spiders, the fake cobwebs, the jack-o'-lanterns. But if you've got a family, you might be dealing with something a little scarier right now. And that's shopping for life insurance. If the idea of looking for life insurance intimidates you, try PolicyGenius.com. PolicyGenius is the way to shop for life insurance online. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Once you apply, the PolicyGenius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. And PolicyGenius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. This October, take the scariness out of buying life insurance with Policy Genius. Go to policygenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. And now back to the Texas Tribune Festival and our chat with fellow hack, Carl Rove. As a strategist, as an operative, I'm trying to think of what it would be like to be in the White House or at the campaign, uh, you know, they obviously were disturbed about the call, the conversation. Apparently, he was told, don't talk about that stuff, and he did. Mm -hmm. uh, Friday, 
he says maybe we should treat these whistleblowers like spies and, and yeah. execute them like yeah. it, we did in the good old days. Yeah, exactly. How, <laughs> what must life be like in the campaign headquarters? In the he, he said what? Yeah. 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 No, they're staring how at you. A, how do you plan for? How do you deal with that? Looking at cable TV with a bottle of whiskey and a revolver is what I do. <laughs> what do you think? You know, I, I, I think they live inside that bubble. So I think they, I, th I think their initial reaction was no big deal. But I think now they've all got to be, you know, from what you read in the papers, that Rudy Giuliani ought to have a, a very large bodyguard uh, group of bodyguards yeah. around him because my sense is they're... they're to protect the they, public from him or him from the public? <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think... I, I think it's more, it's more special operators within the campaign who have now just figured out that... I mean, because he's clearly... He clearly is, is the guy who has gone to him and said, you know, hey, yeah. hey, boss... Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, we're going to show I'm going to take care of this for you. you. Me. I'm yeah. going to Kiev, and my, my God, we're going to take Biden down like your yeah. trousers on a whatever. And yeah. i got to stop in Russia for a paid speech, but I'll be back <laughs> yeah. Thursday. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it was Armenia. Was it really? Yeah, it's okay. Ar it was Armenia, but it was sponsored by a, by a front group, Put Putin. Uh, Putin. Yeah. Putin has a contra group to the European <laughs> Union. Do you, do and you they agree? were meeting in the center, the, with the financial center of the contra European Union, namely <laughs> yeah. Armenia. Yeah, maybe do Rudy you, will wrestle a bear with him. <laughs> I make bear surrender. Do you, yeah. uh, do you uh, agree uh, with Murphy that if it were a secret ballot, the 30 Republican senators would vote to convict? No, I don't. 20? Look. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet two, you halfway. Two, <laughs> two or one. Uh, look, because again, it goes back to what you said. Like it or not, it's Trump's party, and they're afraid of primaries. Now, you did have two of them, Romney and Sass, uh, and Romney is comfortable because he just got elected, and it's Utah where they're still upset about the fact that uh, uh, the president does not live up to their elevated, having gone to high school in Utah, their elevated standards of personal morality. How how absolutely gauche is that? I mean, it's so retrograde. Well, he, um, you don't have to have a big morality standard to have Trump walking across <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got a bunch of hard-drinking relatives in Detroit, and they're offended. But uh, yeah, yeah. to but, your point, yeah, your but, primary. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but he's in, and, and Sass, is a, he's been a pretty straight shooter. And despite the fact that out of the blue he got a, an endorsement for his, his primary from Trump, uh, completely out of the blue. Yeah. yeah, out of the blue after working it for a year by shutting uh, up about Trump. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Gambling in the casino. Uh, so yeah. what would what, what would you? Uh, we're going to do switcheroo theater here for a minute. Shazam! You're running the Biden campaign. What's your next four weeks? I, I'm with you. I think it's a dangerous strategy, but he's got to take this on. He's got to say, you know what? They're coming after me. They're coming after my family, and why? Because I'm the guy who can beat them. And then explain, but, but not leave it there. He has to say, I'm the guy who's going to heal the country. Yeah. I'm the guy who's going to spend. In fact, I, 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 I think it might even be dangerous, but I'd say what everybody thinks, which is, I'm going to, I want to be clear. I'm going to serve one term. I'm going to heal the country. I'm going to bring us together, Republicans and Democrats. I'm going to make Washington work. I'm going to do what I can to restore confidence in our system and our government and, our, and luster to our institutions, restore the pride and confidence in the institutions. And then you know what? I'm going to turn it over and there'll be a new chapter uh, great in the great American experiment. But, but I'm going to devote four years and do nothing but bring us together. And people say, you know, the Democrats. That's, be, that's, that's, that is, it's more he's of a sort of halfway there. Yeah. He hasn't gone all the no, way no, there. No, no, he, he has, has to go all the way. You know, he needs to, he needs to, I, I, I don't disagree with you. He's, you know, he's the ibuprofen for the country's migraine. 
is basically. <laughs> and, and, but, and, and Mike is right. He is goofy, but, and we all know it. Yeah, bodily. Yeah, bodily. Well, yeah. I, I know bodily personally. <laughs> for, for, 41, uh, uh, 43's portrait is being unveiled. Axelrod turns over the East Room of the White House to the Bush administration to, to come, which was great. It's a great ceremony. So we filled up the East Room. And I was sort of like the mayor of the West Wing, so I still have some friends among the permanent staff. So Dana Perino and I come walking in, and the guy says, we'll take care of you. Puts us in the second row, six seats in. And then they bring in Doro and Bobby Cook, 43's sister and brother. And then they bring in Jill and Joe Biden. So we're sitting like this far apart. He, he's, his back is to me. And he tr- starts turking around and says hi to Doro and Bobby. And 41 and Bar, Bar, Kabar, Bar come in, and he's talking to them, and then he turns around, and I'm sitting right behind him, and he goes, you! <laughs> you're the best, man! I know you're on the other side, but you're the best! All I can hear is like a thousand uh, photo ca- camera guys over on the other end of the room going, <laughs> and, and I can't hear what he said, but you're the best! I know you're on the other side, but I wish you were on ours, man! But David Petraeus, is, David Petraeus is sitting next to me, and there's this like a look of horror on his face. Should I grab Biden's arm and stop him from thumping Rove in the chest? Should I, should I intervene? But, I'm glad you recovered. <laughs> the, uh, chest of steel, you man. Know, he said, chest of steel. He said last night, I saw a pool report from a Biden fundraiser last night. He said something interesting. I don't know if this is the road they're going down or whether this was another kind of ad lib. But he said, uh, he said they're trying to pick the candidate, much as we were talking mm-hmm. about, essentially saying they want to run against Elizabeth Warren, yeah. but we're, we're going to, because they know I'm going to beat them. That, that has its own risks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's process, too. Yeah. It's like yeah. three-dimensional yeah. chess. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about Elizabeth Warren. She, every day, you, you ask her what's for breakfast, she'll work the phrase fighter into it. Um, <laughs> So I look at it like a movie a little bit, and the audience are quadrants, uh, you know, who appeal to older movie viewers, young guys, people on dates. Elizabeth's got identity. She's not a white guy. She's got progressive economics, big market for that. She's got fighter. The only thing she doesn't have is winner. That's what Biden's got. She beats him in Iowa. Now she's and a winner. She's got confetti cannons. He's crying in front of a mic. And the media narrative's going to shift. So Biden's got a little window before so, he's so tested. The, so the, the interesting thing about that, and we're shifting over to a different discussion is um, the fighter thing, the fighter thing. I think on the one hand, people want someone who's tough enough for the job, tough enough to take on Trump. On the other hand, we've had sort of an overabundance of pugilism. And I'm not sure that the fighter thing is necessarily the best thing in a general election against Donald Trump. I I, I said it before, you don't beat Trump by wrestling with Trump. You beat Trump with jujitsu. You use his negative energy against him. And so, uh, you know, that's an adjustment. That'll be a hard adjustment for her because the fact is Elizabeth Warren has fought her way up from nowhere, not just in this race, but in life. It's sort of endemic to who she is. She's always had to to fight and um, and you know it, can she be the kind of can she be the calming influence yeah. that the country needs? That's an adjustment she's going to have to try and yeah. make within hard. the context of who hard. she is. Yeah, hard yeah. for her the way she's built. I, see, I think the stress would be curious what you guys think. On one hand, I agree on the rotation, new tone, new start. But on the other hand, every time, and you spend more time Democratic primaries than I do, at least until lately, um, <laughs> they come up to me, no more nice guy. 
we run John Kerry, we run the geniuses, we have Dukakis, we play by the rules, and they've got those mean Koch brothers and Dick Cheney and Kyle Rove and, you know, <laughs> all this. So we need a, a, somebody tough to finally fight Trump. So yeah. I don't know which appetite will get you know, sated. If you show strength, though, by showing strength and not talking about strength. Yeah, I agree with that. You know. Yeah. No, I, uh, uh, th that, you, you do hear that in Democratic circles. Democrats, you know, I mean, it worries me a little bit because uh, sort of uh, uh, associated with that is this idea that they do shitty things, so we should do shitty things. Yeah. And um, that's not necessarily... You know, race to the bottom isn't necessarily... You can be tough. We won two presidential races. We were tough. But you don't yes. have to emulate uh, some of the worst uh, tactics out there. Uh, but yeah. or what it you is a myth to, to say that Democrats tactic. weren't tough enough in 2016. Democrats weren't smart enough yeah. in 2016. Can, can I go back to, to this thing? I think it's almost a way to show strength to say, I'm going to heal the country. And let the people say, well, we wanted you to be tough yeah, enough. You know, you got to kick them in the balls. And no, we're, I'm going to heal the country. Yeah. And if you don't like that, go find somebody else to vote for. That's but our, kind of our, what that's, Mayor that's Pete's trying to do. That, well, yeah, but he doesn't, he doesn't quite fill the frame, yeah. you know, yeah. in a television yeah. sense that way. Yeah. yeah. No, no. He, in terms of temperament, demeanor, approach, he would drive Trump crazy yeah. Yeah. because he would be unreactive to Trump. And that's what Trump can't stand when he can't engage you. Uh, you know, he loves, he loved, you know, engaging with little Marco and all the others. Yeah, but let's not think that engaging is always a plus for him. No, I... I good point. Yeah. I, I think that the problem for Trump is that uh, the more negative energy he emits, the more tantrums he throws, uh, the more in insane tweets he sends out, the more he unsettles people. Yeah. And there is an exhaustion factor in this country. So Trump is his own worst enemy. And I think what's happened here, one of the, one of the ancillary effects of this is he's going to be crazier. We've yeah. seen it. You know, he's under pressure. He's reactive. And that is going to accelerate his problem. Yeah, the question is going to be, remember, we had, we had craziness in July, August, you know, May, June, July, and August of 2016. But sometime in July... They surrounded him with enough people who, who got him focused. And he used to mock them. You know, they tell me, stay on script, Donald, stay on script. But he stayed on script. And that's what got him enough to, to get elected. People said, you know what, I got doubts about him. Remember, 37% of the people in the exit poll said, I like him. I think he's qualified. He's got the right experience. He's got the right, right background. He's an agent of change, and I'm voting for him. And 9% say, I hate him. I right. don't like him. I don't think he's qualified. Don't think he has a temperament. Don't think he has the experience. But he's an agent of change, and I hate her worse. Right. And so that though, that nine percent gave him those narrow victories. Right. Seventy-seven thousand votes out of thirteen million cast in three states. Right. And he wins. Right. So the question is: Is somebody going to walk in there? I mean, my sense is there. My sense is people can sort of get him under control for a period of time. The question is: Can they get him under control now? I know they can't get him for for. 13 months through the right. election, but can they get him under control here? Yeah, it, it no, looks... I think it's harder because he's been president and he thinks he's yeah. omnipotent now. He, he now, as Presidents happens, never grow in office like that. They never develop that attitude. But, but his, <laughs> his, his revolving door of staff is a tell. And I do think that secret bonus for the Dems in this huge, awful, noisy impeachment fight we're going to have 
is Trump, and you watched the last couple of days, has not been handling it well. He's off his game. And that's a weaker Trump. The other Trump problem is, a part of this, is what I call the Gallagher problem. Hey, let's go put on the hefty bag and watch the crazy guy smash the watermelon. Sold a lot of tickets. Not a lot of people go to it three or four times. So we get four more years of all this. You know, and, and the this, the, 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 stor the storm we don't like, we're going to now double it for a year. So, you know, we're see, I, I am short the idea that anybody's going to be able to ride that buck and bronco with Trump because he just doesn't listen to staff for more than a month. So I guess the question is, will it be the right month? Well, and look, there are staff there that, that have been there since the beginning who have a certain ability and to influence him, and they happen to be, you know, people who share his bloodline or his... You know, married into his family. I mean, right. but, but that's true. And they're going to get a look or two in the Hunter Biden era. Yeah, going back to this, though, you know, back to the Elizabeth Warren, your, your point, I think, is right. People are going to say, we're getting exhausted. I can't, yeah. this, David and I have talked about this when we're on the road. People come up and say, God, I can't watch television anymore. And I've just turned it all off. But Elizabeth Warren, fight, 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 fight. The rich, we're going to, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah. the oppressors, are, you know, the blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, it, that's why the call, whoever strikes me as being the, the guy or gal who says, we're gonna, I'm going to calm it down, is going to be the one who's got you the know, upper hand. You know, one thing that interests me, uh, one, uh, uh, a Republican in, from sort of the Trump world say, uh, uh, I was talking to said, you know, one thing worries me, which is, um, you know, everybody thinks that Elizabeth Warren is a candidate we can beat. And he says, you know, that populism stuff where I come from works. actually works. Yeah, and yeah. he said, I don't think they're calculating yeah. that. So, so we'll see. We, we are not going to do a mailbag, but, but we could we do have our first real people here. here. If, Ask uh, a hack. Yeah. So we, we usually take a couple of questions at the end of our, uh, of our uh, podcast. And if there's anybody here who, all right, we've got a hand up. I didn't even finish. Go ahead. Thank you. The whistleblower seems to be an extremely courageous person. Yes. And, you know, we were hearing more about this person and where he came from. But what's interesting to me, and I'm a, an addict to all this newsy stuff, I hate it because I feel like I'm wasting my time, but I, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> Same with heroin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You know, um, do you have experience with that, Mark? Oh, uh, more than you know, man. I, I guess I'm, where are the people like Mattis and uh, Rex Tillerson you know, these people, why won't they speak out and be as brave as this whistleblower who came out and obviously wrote a dossier or whatever you want to call it that was very well done and documented correctly? These are people from the military, executives from business who care about this country yeah. as well as everybody here. Why aren't they outspoken and saying, hey, this is not right for us? Good question for them, but I'll ask Carl. <laughs> You know, they get to make their individual decisions. I mean, I, I love it that we have, we don't know who this whistleblower is, and I agree with my courageous act. But on the other hand, the whistleblower is saying, I heard this from others. I always feel better when the whistleblower has been a first party to it. Uh, and, but look, um, these people get to make their decision. I was with Mattis last week. He's got a new book out. Go read it. Read Between the Lines. You know, Matt, I think uh, someone like Mattis, who's been in the military his entire life, has this sense of decorum and probity and protocol and the notion of serving and then dishing or serving. And, but I, I wonder if there'll come a point when, uh, when uh, 
you know, his sense of duty to country overrides that. And he, but well, I was talking to these guys beforehand. I think the more interesting thing, not, not that that wasn't interesting, by the way, but the more, the more interesting thing is how badly Trump has treated so many people who can now actually hurt him. Uh, you know, I wasn't a big John Bolton fan, but, but the fact is, uh, the way he You weren't was, a fan at all, man, be honest. <laughs> the, all right, that's true. Uh, but the way he was dispatched by Trump was uh, was was really brutal, and he was the he was the guy who was there. He was the 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 NSC director at the time all of this was going down. Now he's not saying anything publicly, but he is as tied in with the Washington media and political community as anyone. If you don't think that he has some hand in some of the reporting that's been done. Uh, I, you're, you're very naive, and there are a bunch of people, uh, maybe even the people you've mentioned, who have knowledge of what happened in the administration. They may not step forward uh, in the way that you would like, but they are, uh, but they are playing a role in this. And that's what happened when you treat people badly. When you treat people badly, they have no inclination to help. And uh, you know, Trump has isolated himself, and he's created a lot of enemies. And some of them have a lot of knowledge. That's concerning for him. Another question, right there in the back, sir. Okay. All right. So I have kind of a historic question for y'all. Okay. Um, in all of y'all's experience, which candidate or person do you think would have made the best president who never became president? Uh, wow. That we've worked for, or that you know, that you know. You worked for a bunch of guys who didn't make it. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I go through the, uh, it's a tie. Of course, John S. McCain, but Lamar Alexander, I think, would have been a tremendous Republican president. Um, you guys, you can't answer the guys you work for. That's too easy. Yeah. No, well, he said who lost or didn't make it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, don't say Chris Kovac. Who you got? I've got uh, Charles G. Dawes. Uh huh. God, he took mine. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody knows him, but he's the uh, vice president under Calvin Coolidge. He's the second American to win the Nobel Peace Prize, first director of the very first Bureau of the Budget, was in charge of the nation's financial system, comptroller of the currency at the age of 32, and a man of enormous character. And he ran for the nomination against Herbert Hoover. I'll uh, I'll throw one in a Democrat. Colonel House, who was president anyway, they should have gave him the job. A great text. Uh, I would say. No, that's that's uh, your shameless appeal. I I'm, I'm going to just in random throw out Morris Udall, one of my favorite characters in American politics, the guy who ran for president in 1976. And he, he liked to tell the story about going into a barber shop in New Hampshire and saying, I'm Mo Udall and I'm running for president. And the barber looked up and said, Yeah, we were just laughing about that. <laughs> We have time for one more quickly. Yes, yes, yes. I was wondering if you see any particular candidate that's at the bottom of the pack having a a moment and rising to the top? Well, there may be someone at the bottom of the pack who has a moment, but they're not going to rise to the top. I I think that, you know, we now have, uh, we have a a handful of people who could be the nominee and a bunch of zombie candidates uh, who are... Uh, who are not going anywhere. And, and you know, uh, you've got nine people, for example, uh, who are in the race right now who are under 2% in Iowa uh, and in national polling, and in Iowa are also underwater in their uh, uh, favorability. And you have to ask yourself, 
if you're that candidate, what am I doing? What am I doing here? I think that there are probably uh, four or five candidates who are, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even sure I'd include Senator Sanders there because I, I know he'll have strong support throughout, but I don't think it's going to grow. Uh, but Biden and Warren, uh, and on the outside, I think you have Pete Buttigieg and, uh, and, and, and perhaps Kamala Harris, but they, have, they, they are very, very long shots. Everyone below that, I think, has a really hard road to hoe. And those people under 2%, the under 2%ers, I think um, they're, um, they're, they're, uh, they have a one-way ticket to Palookaville. Here. Yeah, when you're fighting the margin of error and the margin of error on the polls winning, you're time to, time to write a book. I know, I know we're running out of time, but I want to thank you for having me on here. But I want to, uh, for anybody who is a potential future guest and who's listening to this one, I want to say, first of all, they say hacks at a bar. There is no bar. It doesn't matter to me because I don't drink, but there's no bar. And second of all, beware, they make the guest seat in a, sit in a chair that is lower than them so they can look down on it. They look down on their guests. <laughs> That's an old trick we learned from Admiral Rickover that's, from the listen, interviews in the that nuclear was, Navy. That's only because of me. He didn't even want to give you a chair. Oh, lies. <laughs> we, we are literally, you can't see us. Maybe we're put up on the site a picture. Ax and I are sitting in these clear plastic Jim and Tammy Lucite chairs here <laughs> that, are, that are the worst piece of oppo in either of us I think I've ever seen. Thank you, Texas. Thank you, Carl Rowe, for joining us. And thank you. Thank you to the... Thank you to the Texas Tribune. We're not going re- to remember that you got the wrong name at the beginning of this. This is not the Texas Monthly. It's the Texas Tribune. Uh, we call I, I, it I, I editing, think, Carl. I think everybody got the joke, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Good night. You. God bless Texas. Thank you. Thank you for being here.